Over the last few years, um, I've noticed myself watching more and more movies. Um, in the past 10 years or so, I've been very intrigued by being able to see um, the Marvel comic book like movie setup that they have going on. Started in about 2008, and they've now made a handful of movies last for a decade. Um, it started off, they, they made a movie, Iron Man. And then throughout the course of these movies, they would introduce characters ever so slowly, ever so uh, kind of like creatively. And they had a storyline that ran now for 10 years through a matter of about 25 movies. What it's done is it, it keeps the intrigue, it keeps people very excited about the next movie to come in, to come out. So over the course of the last 10 years, they have sa basically saved the franchise from being sold off and all this stuff, just from being very creative, of being able to do a good sequence of movies. And I, I, there's something about it that just was really, it's really awesome to watch. It's really cool to see how they go from one to the next to the next. In a similar way, like, I've watched um, another, another series that I really like is... I've gotten into Star Wars over the last, let's say, two or three years. In fact, what we did before the most recent, the, the new one came out a couple years ago, we had a group of us that got together and we watched all six, the three original Star Wars to kind of catch up on the storyline, uh, and then the three that came out in the early 2000s that we just ignore, that never actually existed because they were terrible. Um, but we watched all these movies, we kind of watched them in sequence, just to get an idea. And it's really interesting that movies have a tendency to have a sequel if they're good. They have a tendency to have a second or a third one if they're good. But every now and then, in a, in a series of movies, you get a prequel. Right? You get, a, you get kind of a, a movie that doesn't fit the timeline, but it's supposed to enhance an earlier movie. Just recently, Star Wars came out with one that kind of enhanced the first one that ever came out back in the 70s. And my, my opinion is, a good prequel makes the original movie better. Gives some good backstory, fills in some gaps. Kind of gives an, the anticipation of going back and watch that old movie again. Well. Today, in the Gospel, we get Jesus' prequel. The person of John the Baptist shows up. See, John the Baptist, he's Jesus' cousin, his family, but also, he's the last of the great prophets pointing to the coming of the Messiah. Now, John... As, you, as we read in the first reading today and as it's quoted in the Gospel, he kind of fulfills this prophecy from Isaiah. Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John, John the Baptist, is that voice for us. Is the one, the, fore, the forerunner, the one telling us that Christ is coming. Now, when we look at John, as we read in the Gospel, he was clothed in camel's hair, the leather belt, 
And he fed on locusts and wild honey. And he was proclaiming the gospel. He was proclaiming the coming of Christ. Now some people will read that and be like, wow, that's awesome. But I think most people, if you just isolate that, would think, John's not awesome, he's crazy. He's out in the desert, eating honey and bugs, wearing camel's hair. Why on earth would the whole Judean countryside, why on earth would all the inhabitants of Jerusalem go out to him? What on earth would motivate people to follow this guy who probably stinks, who hasn't eaten a really good meal, he hasn't bathed in a long time, probably got some matty, like natty, messed up hair. And they're running out to the desert to meet him. The answer to that question is not in today's gospel. But if we read today's gospel from the perspective of a good Jew, we'll understand why. You see, in the Old Testament, we read about the Exodus. We read about the people of the Hebrew people that were enslaved in Egypt, that are freed. They go out, they walk throughout the desert for 40 years, where God is constantly pouring out his gifts to them in manna and, and taking care of them throughout their entire time in the desert until they come to the promised land, the land that has been given to them by God, anointed for them. And to get to the promised land, they have to cross the River Jordan. That's the end of the first exodus. Now a good Jew would have known the prophet Isaiah's words, that a voice out in the desert will be calling, saying, prepare the way of the Lord. The forerunner will be there. And where is he preaching? on the banks of the River Jordan. A good Jew would have seen John the Baptist and said, this is the fulfillment. Where the first exodus ended, the new exodus will begin. We were delivered in the first exodus from slavery to the Egyptians. And in the new exodus, through the coming of the, of the Lord, through the coming of the Savior, we will be delivered from the slavery of sin. Today, John the Baptist kind of burst onto the scene for us at a critical point during Advent. At a point during Advent where we start to shift focus from the eternal coming of Christ to the coming of Christ at Christmas. The question I have for us for each of us to reflect on in one way or another. Is the way to the Lord, is the Lord's way to your heart prepared? Like John's talking about coming in and preparing the way of the Lord, as, as he said in Isaiah, to flatten mountains, to fill valleys, to make that way straight, to make that way easy. Like the Lord is coming. And his job is basically to prepare the way, to prepare the hearts of the people to receive the Lord. My question is, is your heart prepared to receive the Lord? Is that path paved 
to you now. If tomorrow was Christmas, are you ready to receive the gift that God is handing us? Or is there some clutter that's in the way? One of the best ways that we know how to prepare the way, how to open up, how to have that, that space for God, is through repentance and the deliverance the, to being delivered from our sins, being forgiven by our sins, by clearing out all that junk that, that stands in the way of us and God. That whenever God comes, just as He did for the, Jew, for the Hebrew people, in the Old Testament, that He comes and reigns with them in a new way, in a personal way, in a holy way, in a full way. The same way that He came and He comes at Christmas to the people of the first century that John is speaking to. He wants to do that same thing with each one of us in a matter of two weeks. He wants to come and reign in each one of our hearts. But not so that we can just be in relationship with Him and rest on our laurels, but that we can be those disciples in the world who mirror John's example. That by our life, we celebrate and say, we, we have a Savior. Behold the coming of the Lord. That by our life, to our families, to our friends, to our co-workers, to our, our classmates, that we can continue to proclaim the coming of our Lord. Does our life say something? Like, this, do we change the way we act by receiving the gift of God? The gift of Jesus. In another Gospel, John will be quoted saying, He, Jesus, must increase. And I must decrease. Are we ready to receive the gift of the Lord and decrease our desires, our sin, our struggle, our pain, our wasted energy? Are we ready for that to decrease so that the Lord can increase in our life? That the power of the Spirit can increase in our life? That we can receive Him at Christmas in a new, refreshing way so that He may be shared with those around us. In the Mass today, we do a microcosm of this, of Advent. Where we, at the beginning of Mass, through the penitential rite, we say that we are sinners. And we appeal to God's mercy. And the Lord, as He did back then, as He does at Christmas, as He does at every Mass, steps down into our life. Through this Mass, through this season, are we preparing a way for Him? Are we preparing the way of the Lord so that we may receive Him anew? One mightier than us is coming, and we are not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of His sandals. He will baptize us with the Holy Spirit.